Welcome to a new Carter Report series, The Game Changers. These rare individuals appear once in a lifetime, like a blazing meteor across the night sky. They change the course of history. They show us the way forward. Welcome to The Game Changers. So glad to see you here today. We're starting another series. Now, we've talked about the game changers, the men game changers. But I made a real faux pas. I should have started with the lady game changers. And so having been chastised by my family and the other ladies whom I know, I've repented. And today we're talking about the lady game changers. You know that women for thousands of years have been treated like second-class citizens. You know that, don't you? The lady said amen. During the 19th century in Great Britain, in the days of Queen Victoria, this formidable character, women were largely regarded as attractive ornamental pieces or play sets. Uh, but they were not considered intelligent enough to discuss with their husband weighty matters like politics. Therefore, they were forbidden to vote. Let me tell you about women's right to vote. In 1881, on the Isle of Man, should have been the Isle of Woman, but the Isle of Man, which is a British Crown dependency, women were given the right to vote as long as they owned property. That was 1881. 1893, New Zealand gave all women the right to vote. This was followed, I think it was, I think it was followed straight after in 1895 by South Australia. Not all of Australia, but then the whole of Australia in 1902 gave women the right to vote. 1907, now this is not an exhaustive list, but 1907, Finland. 1917, Canada. 1920, the United States of America, 40 years behind the Isle of Man. 1933, Spain. 1944, France. 1971, I was astounded to discover this, Switzerland. Switzerland. And in 2015, Saudi Arabia. Nothing surprising about that one. Uh, Protestant countries generally first, then the Catholic countries, and last of all, uh, the Muslim countries. But all countries have treated women as second-class citizens. In the days of Jesus, the word of a woman in court did not count. And so that's why when Mary Magdalene and the women came with the news of the resurrection, uh, the men said, this is just women talking. It was considered to be vain tales because of women. But Jesus changed things. So let it be said today loud and clear, women have done mighty deeds and they have changed the course of history. And so today, we're not just talking about the game changers, we're talking about 
Who? The lady game changes. We're going to start today with the mother of us all. Her name, of course, was Eve. We all go back to Eve. Therefore, we are all related, whether we're black or white or brown or red or whatever the color, we all go back to Eve. We are all genetically related. And the story of Eve really starts in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. And the TV audience, you've got Bibles on the tables. And the Bible says, Genesis 1 verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Eve was probably the most beautiful woman that the world has ever seen because she came fresh from the hand of God. Uh, She was extremely beautiful. Um, (laughs) She was beautiful, ladies, uh, but she wasn't wise. If you turn to Genesis chapter 3 in the Bible, in verses 1 to 4, it says, Now the serpent, Satan, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, "Um, You will not surely die. Verse 5 and 6, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And here he was telling the truth. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, uh, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and He ate. Woman is naturally curious. And you know what curiosity did to the cat, don't you? Uh, Women have many marvellous qualities and characteristics and high on the list is the capacity of curiosity. I, we have a beautiful little granddaughter and her name is Amelie, and she is just now seven years of age. And since she was two, or was it one, she's had two very precious, important words. You know what they are? No. (laughs) No. And not just no, but no. (laughs) And the second one, you know what it is? Why? And then if you answer that, you know what the next question is? Uh, Why? Why? So I guess Amelie got it from Eve. Um, I once went up there at Christmas time with Beverly and I said to Amelie, uh, we bought you a pair of new shoes. You know what she said? What colour, Grandpa? (laughs) What colour, Grandpa? You see... They don't learn this. They don't learn this. 
is born in them. And Eve was a, God bless them, she was curious. It's good to be curious, but not when it leads you to disobey God. And she disobeyed God, and the result was sin and death. And later on, they had two sons. It's quite a story. Cain and Abel. And the first man who was born of the human race was a murderer. He murdered his brother. And in one day, Adam and Eve lost their boys. And Eve came to know good and evil. Satan was right. But there is some evidence that suggests she repented and learned to trust in God. This is not definitive, but I think there's evidence for it. If you look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 25 and 26, the Bible says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. It appears that when she had her boy, she taught him about the Creator God, taught him about the law of God, and taught him the gospel of God. And then when he had a family, the Bible says people began to call on the name of the Lord. I think it's because of what she taught him. And there's something else too. I want you to notice this. This is quite remarkable. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21. Genesis 3. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. What does that tell you? tells you that God with his own hands um, slew a beast, maybe a lamb. And so blood was shed so that these people might be covered uh, by the grace and the goodness of God, which is the gospel. So if God covered Eve with the garments that were caused by the shedding of blood, I would suggest to you that Eve was safe because she was under the blood of the covenant. And because, and even though there was great sin, and this is the glory of God, even though there was great sin, there was great grace. Because where sin did abound, what does the Bible say? Grace did much more abound. Second great lady game changer is Sarah. The lady who had a baby when she was 90 years of age. A woman of divine destiny. The mother of the Israelites. The mother of the Messiah who would redeem Eve's sin and failure. Her name means princess. She is the first mentioned by name after Eve. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 11:31 that she came from Ur of the Chaldees. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Alor Sarai, later Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from 
Ur of the Chaldees, to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So this woman came from Iraq, southern Mesopotamia. I've been to Ur of the Chaldees once upon a time. It was a marvelously sophisticated city. She went with Abraham north to Haran, stayed a while, and then went to Palestine. All this happened some 4,000 years ago, but we will discover that human nature is the same today as it was then. Sarah was very, very beautiful. The Bible says that through no fault of Sarah, he took her into his harem. She was a woman with the wow factor She had the ability to turn men's heads and their hearts. Abraham said to her, say you are my sister. And when he said this, he told a half-truth. But a half-truth, you all should know, is a total lie. And she was saved by the divine intervention of God and saved from being a part of Haram's family. Sarah wanted a baby. She was unable to conceive, and this was a thing of great disgrace in her day. And so she said to her husband, Abraham, I have a beautiful girl who is my slave girl. She's a beautiful Egyptian girl. She looks as fair as the princess of the Nile. Her name is Hagar. I want you to go into her and have my baby through her. Abraham said, Whatever you tell me to do, I'm just going to do that as a faithful husband. He slept with Hagar and she became pregnant and she bore a boy by the name of Ishmael. But later on, when Hagar showed disrespect to Sarai because she was now on top of everything, Sarah got mad, punished Hagar and treated her very unkindly. Some people think that the Bible characters are sinless people. That's not so. Sarah was not a woman to mess with. She was not perfect in herself. And about 14 years later, three men came calling. This is one of the most extraordinary stories in the Bible because one of those men that came calling, if you can believe this, two of them were angels, and one of those men that came calling was Yahweh Elohim. And he said, this time next year, Abraham, Sarah, your wife, is going to have her own baby. And the Bible says (laughs) that Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And Sarah was in another part of of the tent and she laughed and laughed and God said to her, You're laughing. She said, I'm not laughing. (laughs) Um, She's almost 90. Never give up, my folks. Never give up. Sarah is almost 90. Abraham is almost 100. And they laugh. And next year, Sarah is pregnant. She is 90 and still has the wow factor. Abraham is a hundred. Everyone is laughing for joy. Nothing is too hard for God. And the boy is called 
laughing. That's Isaac. The time comes for Isaac to be weaned. You can read this in Genesis 21, 9 to 11. Genesis 21, 9 to 11. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing to Abra- in Abraham's sight because of his son. Uh, she's a little hard, this woman. A little vindictive. Cast, cast them out. They're cast out in the desert. The circumstances are so deplorable that it appears uh, that they're going to die uh, for want of water. And then God intervenes and he opens up a well and uh, Hagar and Ishmael are saved. Ishmael becomes the father, as you all know, of the Arabs. And Sarah, the mother of Isaac, becomes the father of the Jews. And thus the feud uh, between these two warring women is perpetuated perpetuated today in the struggle between the Arabs and the Israelis. The great fight in the Middle East that goes on now goes back to two proud women uh, who just wouldn't get along. Uh, She trains Isaac to love and obey God. And then comes the great test. Genesis 22 verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you an extraordinary thing. Here is the boy they'd hoped for and prayed for all their lives. And the boy is now a young man. He's probably as big and as strong as his father. And God says to him, go to Mount Moriah. Offer him up. It's three days' journey to Mount Moriah. Look at Genesis 22, verses 9 to 11. Three long, horrible days. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. You just think of this. Here's a a big, strong, solid young man. And he allows his father to bind him and put him on an altar. What does that tell you? It tells me that she must have taught this young man to trust in God uh, and to obey his parents. What's so odd about this? Trust in God uh, and obey your parents. But then (laughs) there's a ram caught in the thicket. God says, look around. There's a lamb. Abraham takes the lamb and lets his boy go and he sacrifices the lamb. Can you imagine 
Abraham and Isaac getting home. Abraham calls out, Sarah, Sarah. They've been away for days. Runs out. He says, here is your boy. Here is your boy. God provided a lamb. People say, folks back there had no idea of the gospel. This is the gospel. The lamb. He was submissive because she was a great mother. From Isaac came Jacob. From Jacob came Israel. From Israel came Jesus, the Savior of the world. The girl who came from southern Iraq, been there, became a game changer. Sarah changed the world and gave us Christ, who redeemed Eve's failure. She teaches us to believe in the God of the impossible, the God of miracles. What do you say about that? Sort of amazing, isn't it? Nothing is too hard for God. And God provides a lamb for his people. That's the gospel. Third lady game changer is somebody most of us know nothing about. Her name is Hatshepsut, the princess who found baby Moses. And this woman eventually became the Pharaoh. And you read the story in Exodus chapter 2. And it's verses 5 and 6. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. I think it was Hatshepsut. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when they saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby was crying. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Here is a pagan princess. She becomes the lady pharaoh. I'm going by the best of scholarship in agreement with great scholars like Dr. Randy Yonker. She was a pagan princess, but God used her to save Israel's savior. No Moses, no Pentateuch. No Moses, no Exodus. No Ten Commandments. No Israel. No Jesus. No gospel. Uh, Because of this lady whom I believe later on came to understand the gospel because she saw the blood on the door. What do you think Moses Moses would have told? And so this pagan lady that most of us know nothing about is one of the reasons we are sitting here today. At the same time, in this great drama, there are two ladies, Jochebed and Miriam. Look at Exodus 2 and verses 7 to 9. Exodus 2, verses 7 to 9. Then his sister, this is the sister of Moses. She's about seven years old. She's like Amelie. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, we think that's Hatshepsut, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Just found this little baby in the bulrushes. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. (laughs) People say, I can't believe in the providence of God. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me. I'm going to pay you for being a mother. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Uh, We've got here two amazing women. When Moses was born... 
Miriam was about seven years of age. Uh, like my granddaughter, Amelie. My American friends. My granddaughter, our granddaughter, Amelie, was born on the 4th of July. How American can you get? But God trusted the fate of the world to the seven-year-old girl. How well her mother had trained Miriam. She watched over her baby brother. She was reliable and dependable. She saved her brother from certain death. What a great little girl. Jochebed only had him for a few years. How long? Look at Exodus 2 and verse 10. We're not told exactly, but I'm going to tell you what I think. And the child grew, this is Moses, and she brought him into, to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because uh, I drew him out of the water. He was probably 12 years of age. Think what she taught him. She had him for 12 years, only 12 years. She taught him who he was, where he came from, why he was here and where he was going. She told him the story of the Creator. It never left him. He might look like an Egyptian prince on the way to become Pharaoh. He may look like an Egyptian prince, but in his soul, he was an Israelite. I want you to know this. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. I want you to know this. Without these two heroes, Moses could have ended up in the Cairo Museum. Amazing. And we'll be back in a moment with more of the Lady Game Changers. In the series, This I Believe, Pastor Carter reveals the heart and soul of the Carter Report. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I believe in the true gospel. I believe in the last days. I believe in the America that believes in God. I believe in heaven. I believe in evangelism. This, I believe. The seven DVD series, This I Believe, can be yours with a gift of $75 US or $105 Australian. Please write to us at the address on the screen or visit our website at carterreport.org. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept His free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I accept that your son, Jesus Christ, died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone. 
fellowship with other followers of Jesus. Get baptized, read your Bible, and pray. Choices. We make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.